gosh, you might have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. I'm sitting here with my guy, Will Burton, man. We're going to sit here and talk about his songwriting, his music. We're going to talk about personal things. We're going to kind of get into depth with things like that, man. I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. So let's let's talk about how you started in music. Like, when was the first time you stepped foot into a studio and actually started doing what you were doing? Man, honestly, uh, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 19. Right. I'm 27 now. Uh Started playing guitar, just fiddling around with it, taught myself how to play. And I started singing a little bit and uh, being at parties and bonfires and stuff. You know, my friends be like, hey, shit, dude, you're kind of good. Maybe you ought to try to do something with that. And I was, it took me a long time, but like a little over two years ago, I started professionally playing music, I guess. Right. And uh, got in the studio the first time last January, right. I think. And... uh Everything just kind of snowballed from there. But you think, you know, with you being 19, I think you said you just, what you just said, correct me. When you picked up the guitar for the first time, you were 19, right? So why such, like, why a late bloomer on that kind of thing? You know, I don't really know. I, uh, I've always been a music junkie, for right. lack of better words. I've always just been infatuated with music. And uh, I don't know, man. One day I just decided I'd always wanted to learn how to play. And I took some lessons when I was a kid. But I never did stick, and then one day I just decided I wanted to learn how to play, so I went and bought a guitar and just taught myself how to play. <laughs> that's, that's really that's about the best way I know how to put it. I just wanted to learn how to play. So. When you when you were a kid and you were kind of already stepping into music, I know when I was younger, um, I used to listen to you know NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Michael Jackson. I used to listen you to look, all these different things. You look you like know. a Backstreet Boys. Guy. <laughs> well, you know what it was. I I think I liked I I took into depth of the vocal range, you know, because like I said, Michael Jackson was like my biggest, I loved Michael Jackson and watched everything that he ever done. Um, but I grew up on 80s rock. My mm-hmm. mom listened to 90s, you know, music and ballads and stuff like that. So when I really got into music, I started, I think the reason I listened to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC at that age, well, first I was eight and nine. So it was almost like every girl, you had to listen to what the girls were listening oh, yeah. to, you know. That was the thing. Yeah. So when, all right. So when you're younger, how were you socially when you were younger? How do you feel like as you a, were as a kid? Yeah, yeah. As a kid, awkward, right. um, and just awkward. And it, I got a little better going into high school and stuff. But I've always, still, am kind of socially awkward in some situations. You know what it is though. I think when you have someone like, and I and I said that to ask you this: Do you feel like a lot of hidden talent is because people who were socially awkward or socially? Um, Oh, yeah. dealing with issues mm-hmm. you know whether you're alone or anxiety whether you're, yeah, yeah anxiety stuff like that it brings out hidden talent of people who can actually do mm-hmm. what you're yeah. doing now which is music that uh social anxiety anxiety in general uh hindered me from doing what i'm doing for a long time but man i know people that'll come like to open mic nights in jackson yeah. and go up there and when the bar is empty and there's nobody there except for a couple of their friends to see them and get up there and sing mm-hmm. and are better than people you hear on the radio. Right. And it's just crazy. And then when you approach them and try to get them to, cause you know, I'm all, if it, if it weren't for people helping me, I wouldn't be where I am. So I'm all right. about trying to, you know, hype people up. And right. I'll tell them, uh, you know, Hey, come out to one of my shows. Sometimes play a set breaker. I'll play yeah. guitar for you and you can sing. 
Won't do it. Dude, you won't. You don't see a lot of people willing to put their hand out. Like right now, you know, what you're doing, what you're doing now, and you're playing at, you know, your shows and your bars and stuff like that. And you're kind of, you know, basically, it's almost like a practice every time you perform, mm-hmm. right? Like you're just getting better and better and yep. better. It's, it's, not, it's not often that you see a performer or an artist or a songwriter sit here and put someone on basically who want to who's like you know hey i know this guy can do a little something and i know he's shy but let me kind of blend him into this world where i can kind of help him get out of that you well know? you know in some places that's that's true and in ja- it's true in jackson where most of my playing goes on too but uh for the most part like i said there's a handful of people over there that are just douchebags yeah though you're gonna have those in every crowd yeah but uh they're probably five or ten people that I can think of off the top of my head that when I was just starting right, were, you know, I was friends with them anyway, some of them, but they would just invite me out to their shows and mm-hmm. and in the middle of a set break or even in the middle of one of their sets, they would force me to get on stage and play yeah. and sing because I guess they thought that I was talented. Yeah. But that, that reason, trying to help other people, especially doing what we're doing, I think it's better to be like that. Yeah. And when you... See, I'm I'm not a talent scout, but I like to think that I know a good singer when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And instead of being a dickhead and, you know, sticking your nose up in there, I think it's better and it's better karma to try to help people out you if know, you can. You, you got that ear for music, so when you feel like someone can do something, you know, when you feel like someone can push, you know, give them that little bit of push to get them out there on your shows to kind of do what you know that they're capable of doing. It's so humbling to hear that people do that nowadays because not a lot of people will, you know, especially in a local area. No, Everybody's kind of out for themselves. There's way know? more douchebags than there are right. people like what I'm speaking of. So my question is, you know, you, you started music in 19. Why not do it in high school, though? Because you've got a voice. You've got – you songwrite. You you can sing. You can perform now. Well, you, you know, I know I that took practice, but why not start that in high school, man? Because that would have, like – you know, I, I don't know, man. I guess I, I guess I kind of knew. I don't know that I knew. I guess I'm, I guess I kind of knew that it was there because, like I said, of my just infatuation with music. Mm-hmm. But I never really put the pieces together that mm-hmm. I was capable of doing something like that until I started playing guitar. And when I, the guitar came first before singing, and I'm not a great guitar player by any means, but I can hold my own. Yeah. But when I saw how easily guitar came to me. And then I started getting to where, you know, like six or eight months into playing guitar, I could be riding down the road, hear a song on the radio, mm-hmm. and spot chord progressions in a song and right. go home and play it without yeah. ever looking at tabs or anything like that. Well, doing music production, I've done it since 2007, where it's like music production, beats, stuff like that. And just from an ear of it, I could sit in the car and listen to any song by any artist, Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, everybody, anyone you could think of. And all I hear is percussion melodies i can separate it in my ear in my head i can separate it that's part of yeah yeah so my thing is when it comes to being a late bloomer and able to do that kind of stuff like do you feel like that if you would have learned that early on you would have been better by the time you got 19 years old i think that if i would have learned it early on that yeah i I think i would like to think that i'd definitely be further along as far as personally you know my level of talent or capability or whatever you want to call it right i'd like to think that i'd be further along but i also think that it was just i I think that everything came together when it was supposed to right you know but but again though if i would definitely if i would have started earlier i think it might have helped me a little bit but yeah well i mean 
it's almost one of those things that if you would have took that risk, which is why I was going to bring up next, you know, people do a lot of covers. I've seen you do a lot of covers on YouTube, right, of uh, of country singers and everything. Do you feel like people who do covers, it's almost like a, a tester, a feeler for see what people would react to, how they do music? Kind of, kind of, sort of, but at the same time, if, of course, a lot of people do covers just to do them, mm. but playing these bars and playing these places that we play, you know, the majority of us don't have a hit song of our own under right. our belt. So I would love to go sit down somewhere and, and so would everybody else sit down somewhere and play my own stuff for three hours. But you have to do cover songs right. to, to get in, get people to engage with what you're doing. Right. It, I, I think you get a better, better feedback. Like I said, if nobody knows who you are now, if you were, Luke Combs or Jonathan Singleton or somebody like yeah. that that's got just tons and tons of songs under their belt be different. But, yeah, that, it's a it's a testing of the water to try to get a feedback from people, I think, is what it is mostly. I do. I agree because I feel like people who do, like, especially people who had anxiety issues, social issues, social skill problems, what they would do is they would do, like, a feeler. Like, they would do a cover of a song or they would sing a cover of a song or something. And just to kind of see how people would either gravitate to them or just give them criticism, enough criticism to either make them stop doing it or, you know, you know pursue, pursue them to yeah. do it more. Um, so let's talk about Run Out on the Road. Run Out of Road? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that song. I, I've listened to it, <laughs> and this is my perception. It sounds like you're running away from a breakup, in my opinion, because, you know, um, you you know you said that she had claimed to leave you over and over and over and when she finally did it kind of caught you off guard mm -hmm. you know yeah. so where, where did that did you wrote that right oh yeah so where'd that come yeah, from it's a pretty good story behind that too <laughs> uh no it was after a breakup obviously and uh you know i one night i i really i'm the world's worst about like getting really attached to people really fast right so it was like i don't know a few months maybe it sounds <laughs> pathetic but it was a few months or something and then uh one day just you know dumped me and uh blamed it on a bunch of little things that i wasn't doing and right. this and that that i probably should have seen beforehand right but like a week after she broke up with me i went on this bender this like really bad drinking binge okay and it got pretty much blackout drunk <laughs> On, so I don't even remember what I was drinking, but was I was it just you by yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. At home, at home with my dog, <laughs> listening to the saddest fucking country songs you could oh, ever God, think of. I man, could, was it Celine Dion and Whitney Houston? No, all no like George Jones. And oh shit like God, that. don't like, ever listen to him. Cry. <laughs> but I uh, got got on that old whiskey bottle and and wrote that in a stupor, pretty much, and woke up the next morning and seen, you know read what I had scribbled on the paper, and I was right. like, damn, that's actually kind of catchy. Yeah. So I. You know, I did it, and I put it on Facebook and all that. Mm -hmm. And when I finally decided I wanted to cut it, I took it to uh, my friend Cody Criswell. All right. He plays guitar for a band called Artifice, mm -hmm. and he produces music, too. And uh, he took it, and me and him sat down, and he helped me refine the lyrics and everything, you know, make it into something that wasn't just a drunken slur of bullshit. Yeah. And, but uh, they were feelings at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. They very, were definitely feelings. Very real feelings. And uh, that was why... I was so proud of that song because so many people told me that they could relate to it. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty important to me. I wanted to have something that people could relate to. Right. And uh, actually won a Tennessee Music Award last week for Song yeah. of the Year for that song, too. Yeah. I was really proud of that. But, yeah, Misty told me. But Cody, uh, like I said, Cody helped bring that song to life. And it was just, it was a 
bad breakup that shouldn't have been as bad as it was. But mm-hmm. like I said, I get really attached to people really fast. And uh, so thank her for that. Because that was, <laughs> Never give her credit, though. Don't that, give her the name. Don't. Well, I won't. But I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't gratify her like that. But that, still, you know, I've written several songs, but I feel like that's one of the best songs I've written. But you know what it is, though? You made a song so relatable to people that people could understand that from a not even from a long-term effect because, you know, people, like you said, it was a couple of months. People who been together for years mm-hmm. can, can go through a really bad split up or a separation or something and listen to that song because you're talking about driving in the back road and you're talking about just driving, contemplating, thinking about what you're... Uh, away. You're yeah. Just away. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it's like you're... And I think your main goal was like, you know, back then when, when especially when I was younger in high school, if you went through a bad situation, you always went back road riding. Which mm-hmm. you ride back roads with your friends. Still do. Yeah. And and you ride back roads with your friends. You listen to mu- your favorite music and you just basically distract yourself. And I felt like that's what the song was, is well, you distracting yourself from, I guess, whatever issues that kind of came up with that. So, you know, Very much so. that was just such a relatable song. And when I, I listened to your other song, Missing Me. Yeah. What a great song. I loved, I lo- dude, I love the production. I listened to that song just today alone was probably six times. Really? Because I love, I love it. I mean, the production, the way, the way the lyrics came out. I mean, to me, it sounded like another, like almost like a, um, like an old X or a fling. I'll or tell something. you, I'll tell you, you're saying that that song was actually a product of the same situation, right. the same breakup, but it was just, it was the. The later end of it, I right. guess. Because it sounded like you were trying to show them that you've done so much better without them, yeah, in gi- my opinion. Giving them a big middle finger. Yeah. Know. Do you think she ever heard it and kind of... I'm, I'm sure she heard it. <laughs> I don't know what she thought about it, but I'm sure she heard it. Because, uh, same thing, Cody Criswell, he produced that song for me too, and he co-wrote it with me. And that song sounded way different before I took it to him. Right. But when I took it to him, me and him sat down and, and wrote the hook in like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And I was proud of that one too, but it was a product. It was just on the other side of, it was on the brighter side, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess you could say. So what was your mentality in that area? Like when, when you wrote Missing Me, after it had already, the time had passed, and like you said, it was like the light at the end of the tunnel, where were you at mentality? Like you knew like going in that this is what you were talking about and this was your subject. So was it almost like that was still your way of still letting go from the situation? Or was it still bothering you? Yeah, and... Uh, my mentality at that time, see that person, I I really started pursuing music after that breakup. Right. When I wrote that song and I started writing these songs, and uh, I was, I'm not going to say that that person was discouraging, but they never really supported m- you. Supported me doing that, like they, you know, felt like that I should try to get have a security blanket and do something like a nine to five or something like that. Right. Instead of trying to do that. And so when I got to that point and I was already, you know, getting regular gigs and I was at mm-hmm. the point where I wasn't having to like beg people to play at their venue, right. like people were starting to come to me and ask me to come play. Right. So at that at that point, I was in a really good place mentally. Right. So like I said, that was just a pretty much a big old fuck you to her for. For not supporting early on, you know, it's well, kind of, it's, it's weird because there's nothing worse than being, I've seen. I've recorded many people, dealt with many people. There's nothing worse than seeing a talented artist or, or up-and-coming artist with someone in their life that doesn't support them. Yeah, and it's it's bad It's bad enough to go play somewhere or release a song or something and random people not support it. Right. But when the people that are closest to you like try to discourage you from doing something that you're really passionate about, like music or right. whatever it may be, that's a real bummer. 
you know, but when you made when you made the the first song and then you made missing me and when you got that off your chest and it's and you've seen the success from it right because like you you went and you made it, you went to the point to get it produced co-produced with your friend did you feel like as the song progressed and as you were writing lyrics with him that maybe your feelings about it kind of changed as the song was being reinvented yeah. as you were going yeah it, and it, like i said that that song was written not too terribly long after run out of road was written right. when i or when I wrote the first rough draft version of it. Mm-hmm. So by the time I went to cut it with him and me and him, he was, you know, co-writing it with me and rewriting it. I was in a way different place then. Right. So yeah, it was, it, it took on a new meaning, but the, the, the original feelings from the song were still there, but it definitely took on a, a new meaning. And that's why the hook kind of got more of a mainstreamish, yeah. like, the production was, yeah. like I said, the production was amazing. It was more of a, you can play that in a bar and just in the middle of a, of a set and it'll it'll still kick and then the rhythm will still go yeah. and people would understand it. Um, let's talk about your newest single, The uh, Good Thing. And I, if you can explain how you wrote that, I'll give you my perspective on what I think about it. You want me to go first? Sure. Uh, also about a girl. Yeah. I don't know. That seems to be the common denominator. Hey, whatever brings you success because, I mean, Look at the product of that thing, though. I know it may be a, a, a tough band-aid to rip off when you're dealing with situations because when I listen to it, I, like I said, I'll, I'll let you tell me and then I'll, you know, tell you what I thought about it. But look at what the product of such a, a miserable situation that you were in got you. Yeah, that, that's that's the that's the most beautiful part about it. It was a, it, it's, I mean, the lyrics, they're pretty straightforward and yeah. pretty blunt. And I wrote that one. That, there's no co-writer on that one. I wrote that one by myself. Okay. And, uh, it was just about, there's a line in that song that says, when we say I love you, we don't mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's having two people being really close and having feelings for the other person. Right. But you know that the other person doesn't feel the same way, even though they yeah. might give off some weird vibes or something. Right. And it's like, it's like torture. It's like living a night, almost like living a nightmare when you feel that way about somebody and you just know that they don't feel that way and ne- and they're never going to. So, well, you know, when I listened to it, it almost sounded like you were chasing a person you couldn't have, in yeah, my opinion. Basically, yeah. And uh, there was a line, I'm going to paraphrase it, and i see if you can explain this line to me. Uh, like I said, paraphrasing. You woke up and she's gone and she isn't yours for long. Yeah. Well, the sun comes up and I wake up and you're gone. Mm-hmm. Reminder that you're never mine for long. I mean, that's exactly what uh, you can be, whatever till three or four till the sun comes up and then when the alcohol is gone and all the the feelings the, are gone. the liquid courage and all yeah. the feelings are gone then it's just nothing again so it, what what a, it's almost like when you were talking about you know when you got your first two songs and you got this song it's almost like you were chasing something you really wanted and you were going for it and i think in a couple of lines in your song you were saying you know you if you could just open up your eyes you see that this is a great thing mm-hmm. or a good thing and I'm thinking, like, a lot of people can relate to that because there's a lot of people who will refuse to approach someone that, that whether it's a fling or not, you know, guys befriend girls sometimes, and they end up, you know, getting feelings for them, and then, you know, it gets a little further. Yeah, like you said, the feelings may not be the same. But, man, a lot of people wouldn't even approach it because of the fear of getting rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that that's common. That and the, the fear of being rejected and also just being stubborn and hard-headed and, mm-hmm. and not – and the same goes for – girl to guy and guy to girl you just somebody right beside you that would you know be really good for you and to you but you just look the other way and right 
and keep doing the stupid shit you've been doing anyway. So, so do you, do you think like you think that the the downfall that you had on on that song is since you know like you did, was it true? It was a true situation. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't really, there wasn't really a big downfall to it. I mean, I got in my head and my feelings about it a little bit, but it wasn't like a like a big like, ordeal. Like a, yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't nothing like that. It was it was just the way I felt. And like I said, I mean, it was it was hurtful for a little bit, but it wasn't nothing like a breakup or anything. But I just the lyrics started coming to me, and I was like, how can I put this into something that you know that That's people can relate man. to? Yeah. yeah, because you know a lot of those emotional writings and in those kind of states of mind bring some of the best music mm-hmm. if you really look at it over the course of time you know um you know bon jovi did it uh poison did it uh oh, yeah. white snake did it they all did it they started you know back then in the 80s it was rock mm-hmm. they started doing ballads because somebody came out i think it might have been uh, <coughs> i forgot what that it might have been poison i can't remember but um you know they finally get into the where they're like i don't care I want people to know how I feel mm-hmm. and because I'm dealing with something. And so when you deal with something and you're putting almost like you're putting yourself out there and putting, you know, your heart on your sleeve by speaking about things. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's a do you think that's a benefit for you? Because later on in life when you listen to it, you're gonna have a reminder on what made you write that song. Yeah. I I think it I think it's a great thing. I I think that that people should uh your your listener, your audience should be able to really when they connect to your song and know that that wasn't just some bullshit that you made up. It right. was, you know, something that you really went through. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's very good. I, I don't think that people should, should try to mask their emotions. And of course, every song that you write is not going to be a good song. Right. But I think that songwriting should be honest mm-hmm. and there's, I think there should be transparency. Like yeah. you need to know what, like your favorite singer and songwriter, you, we have we, your songwriters. We have feelings too. We have yeah. emotions too. So, it, I will I will say though that that song, uh, Jonathan King and Madonna produced that one at King Productions, right? And he did a phenomenal job with yeah. the production on it too. But the way I wanted that song to go, of course, it, it's not really the most uplifting lyric wise, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to have that really cool like '90s country, early right. 2000s country rock, sound. like George Strait type, and yeah, what, Red Atkins, people like that, yeah, and, and yeah. he nailed it. I mean, he yeah. really, I, that's, Run Out of Road, I still think is probably the best song I've written. I love that song, dude. And I'm extremely proud of all of them, but right. m- maybe it's just because it's still new to me, but good thing I'm extremely proud of the yeah. way it turned out. So Misty played your song probably about a couple of months ago, and she told me that it was somebody, she, she said, you know, you listen to a lot of people who are local, you should listen to this guy. I went to school with him, and so she played your music for me, <coughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, you know, and I told her, I said, man, that's like a really good relatable song. And, you know, when you go do shows and you, let's just say, I don't know if this happened to you yet or if you've endured this yet, but let's say you go do a show and you have someone come up to you after your set and you're just going to drink a beer or you're going to talk to a buddy or you're just kind of resting for a minute. And someone walks up to you and say, you know what, this song makes me like this, this is great. And I can relate to this. Like, does it make you feel good that sometimes what you go through, your tough things go through can help get somebody else through something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very humbling. It is. Uh, even at you know, I'm not famous by any means. Right. But even on the level that I'm on, uh, it's, you're it's, you're pretty known. Well, don't give yourself lack of credit. What you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not like <laughs> selling a million copies of an album or anything like right. that. But it, even at the level I'm on, it's very humbling to right. know that people can relate to what I'm writing about, man. Like I said I don't, I don't want to write a bunch of fake bullshit. I want people to 
be able to relate to what I'm writing about. Do you ever like think about? I know you since you you probably performed those songs a couple of times way before after you know after you've written it. Um, when you're on stage, do you ever get flashbacks of things? Like, do you ever just like? Cause you know people can drive in a car and I can listen to a song. And I can remember back in 10th grade where I was at when I first listened to it. Mm-hmm. When you're performing that music, do you ever just get kind of distracted to where a line will hit you a certain way? Sometimes. You're, yeah. yeah. Sometimes. That, that, that's a natural part of being a human, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's because it cuts so deep, you know? Yeah, at the time it did. But yeah, very, not even just only with my own music, but there's some cover songs that I do too that I'll just zone out while I'm playing them and mm-hmm. think about shit that's happened you know that reminds me of it so do you do you enjoy performing yeah oh yeah does it like it like is it like a cloud nine for you mm-hmm. like can you just step on stage and it almost feels like natural natural yeah mm-hmm. that's exactly what i was gonna go for. it does it, it it i don't know i don't know how to explain it people ask me that all the time but it does it's almost it's almost euphoric every time mm-hmm. uh, state of mind yeah it's it's really because i think it's an escape mm-hmm. for me and that's like my happy place. I'm not. I'm not a sad person, but that's just like my happy place, you know. Yeah. And uh, especially when you got a good crowd, people are paying attention, engaging with what you're doing. That it's really it's euphoric. That's the best way to put it. You know, with a lot of local people here, do you ever just want to venture out and say, you know what? I can kind of see that I can help you in a way. You know, like I said, you, you've always humbled yourself to, you know, get lend someone a hand on your set or anything. Because, I, like, I know a country singer, and she's she's actually 13 years old, but she's an amazing country singer. I'm going to give you her uh, her music on Apple Music. I'm going to give you some of the links to it so you can listen to her. But her name is uh, Lakeland Lemmings, and she's a younger, you know, up-and-coming singer. She does a lot of national recordings. And when you see someone who's younger like that, do you ever feel like, you can always make an influence on them because you kind of see them first and you kind of say, you know what? Cause you know, everybody brings out somebody when they're get, when they get a name for themselves and they're established. Do you ever feel like for you, does that bring it up for you? Like, can you, can you do that for somebody? I like to try, you yeah. know, somebody like that that's already recording in Nashville is probably mm-hmm. a little different, but yeah. Uh, younger kids and even younger adults yeah. that are, like I said, trying to get into it and, you know, or, trying to find a an end yeah like a lane or something yeah, you know because yeah. it's such a small like i know you like when i hear about your music because i when i looked up into you know looked into you you and skylar anderson are the people that come up every single time they say live performances in jackson yeah because y'all both y'all both do it you know have y'all ever performed together oh yeah skylar's one of my best friends is he uh, i loved i actually met him apartments he was living there at the time. He doesn't live there anymore, so I guess I can say that. But he was living there, and I actually worked there. You know, that's why I started with the uh, HVAC and everything. Yeah. And I actually got the wave at him and said, you know, hey, I like your music, whatever, whatever. But I'd actually seen him perform at Red Bones one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with you and him being what you are, do you ever just feel like both y'all can come together and actually do, a like, a show together? Because I hadn't, you know. Yeah, man. Well, you know, Skyler's in Nashville full time now. He's playing on Broadway all the time. He still comes back to Jackson some. Right. But me and him have played shows a few times together. And uh, he actually, he released a song. I can't remember which one it was, but he had a big single release party at the Tap in Jackson. Right. And that was the first time I'd ever actually got to meet him. I'd heard him perform, and he called me up and asked me if I wanted to come open the show. Right. That's an example of somebody else that was further along than me yeah. helping me out. And, uh, yeah, man, me and him have 
played a couple of shows together and we've gotten together outside of bars and you know actual gigs and just hung out and played and jammed and sang together and like i said he's one of my best buddies but when me and when me and him get together and do a show it's definitely interesting yeah i'd like to think well it's, it's like you're a good spirit and like with you just hearing it through your music man it really seems like you're a down-to-earth guy and someone who's dealt with uh social issues and, and anxiety and everything and you start music late and everything and how you're kind of humbling yourself to kind of still be ground level on how you keep your mind frame you know that's that's great you know and a lot of people don't see that a lot you know a lot of people think that people who do perform in here and get mute you know because people who see people on apple music and everything they you know whether y'all think so or not people think that y'all are like y'all are working you're working steps to where you want to be mm-hmm. where do you think you want to be now like where are you working towards the ultimate goal is i guess the same as everybody else's ultimate goal is to be somewhere right you know, making a living playing music. Doing something you love. Yeah, you know? and I mean, I, I farm. I'm, I'm a fifth-generation family farmer, so I get yeah. to do that every day, too. But the ultimate goal is obviously to be, I'm not going to sit here and say Nashville, but right. somewhere where I can make a decent living playing music, whether it be performing or writing songs or doing right. whatever. But that's that's the goal. Uh, I would definitely, man, keep doing the songs you're doing. Keep, keep doing the music. I love them. I'm going to keep promoting your music when I uh, promote this podcast. I'm going to send links. I'm going to copy links because I think the music you're making now is everything that in current 2019 to, you know, going into 20, people can relate to. Everyone in a relationship can relate to. Anyone, you know, in love can relate to them. And anyone who's lost anybody can relate to it. Um, Dude, I really appreciate you coming in and coming here and talking to me and just kind of being open about everything. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. I'm an open book. Maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, I'd love to get you up here with another uh, artist and kind of, like I said, talk to them. And maybe y'all can give some perspective to people who are up and coming. And that way, you know, everybody can kind of learn from everybody, you know, and and kind of everybody step on a platform on getting higher than what they are just by the advice that someone's went through. You know, the best thing, one more, I'm going to add one more thing. The best thing I can tell anybody that's that's trying to come up or get in, whether it's Nashville, Memphis, Jackson, whatever. Uh, no matter how much success you see, don't be a douchebag. Yeah, nobody, be humble. Nobody likes a fucking douchebag. <laughs> be be nice to people. Try to help people. You connect with your audience way better yeah. when you're not an arrogant douchebag. Yeah, people like you. Yeah, you should tell me who these douchebags are. I like that. I can't tell you that on. Yeah, yeah. On well, you, when we'll talk, we, yeah. yeah, when we turn off the microphones, yeah, go ahead and tell me. That'll have to be an off-air thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for coming in, dude. Uh, I'll promote your music and get everything on uh, on links, man. And thanks again, dude. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you might have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.